Hey, welcome back, Managing Your Perimeter, the Arcus Group. I'm Anna Real, joined with PJ O'Neill, Mel Lukens, Erica Mowney, and our special guest who we love very much, Mike Reddy. We have not done one of these in a while, guys, and I just thought it was just time to bring us all back together. We've been super busy, which is fantastic. But as I go through all this, and then I happened to be working an event very recently in in, uh, late July and uh, early August, and I thought it was something that we should talk about on this podcast. However, before we get into that, why don't you guys tell me where you are, what you've been up to? PJ, I'll start with you. I'm in beautiful Lake Forest, Illinois, just north of Chicago. My son's out of town, so I really haven't been doing much of anything. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. That's good. You got a little tiny bit of an empty nest thing going on there. A a little bit, yeah. I just finished working on the Under Armour Next 24 event, um, which is Northerly Island on the lake in Chicago. They built an outdoor basketball court and had the top 24 boys and girls, high school basketball players, juniors and seniors. It was a great event. Looked really good. That's perfect. Love it. I love it. Hey, Mel, what are you doing? Hey, well, living the dream down in Florida, which is a little bit of a change from my previous residence of Northern Virginia, where it's hopefully hot and humid all the time. And you can set your watch by when the thunderstorms start in the afternoon, enjoying the new digs and just living life to the fullest. Love it. I love it. Eric, Eric, where are you still in New York? I am in Gotham. That's what I like to call it. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) I love how you do that. Still in in New York. Uh, Been working on the launch of my my production company. So that's been taking up my summer, but it's been good. Love it. I love to hear it. Good job. At least you're safer than Chicago. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, not by some of the video I've seen. (laughs) Not by, yeah, yeah. Very wild. Just don't go. You're not in Brooklyn. You're not in Brooklyn, are you? No, I'm in Harlem. <laughs> Good answer. Mike Reddy, what are you doing? Where are you? I am in lovely Los Angeles, California. Yeah. Uh, very busy uh, summer and going into fall for us right now. A lot of things in my industry happening. So kind of hire some new people for our team and that's taking a lot of time, but it's it's great. I love it. Love to hear you're always busy and you always are working on some exciting things also. Okay, we're gonna just jump right in. As I mentioned earlier when we started this, I I've been working an event in Chicago for quite a few years now. Lollapalooza actually is the event. And I manage the the labor and the trucks that we bring in for the perimeter install, the perimeter install of about 11,000 feet of fencing that goes around the entire Grant Park area where Lollapalooza is located. So, um, and I often try to stay at hotels that are very near that venue because we work late hours and I like to be able to just get back to my hotel and rest before the next shift. This particular year, under my door the day that Lollapalooza started, I received a memo. I'm not going to name the hotel. I don't think it's necessary for us to get into these things. I don't want to get into a battle of hotels. But I do want to share this because I think this is perfect for our group. This is stuff that, that we deal with all the time. And I thought it was just an interesting subject for us. Dear valued guests, thank you for choosing to stay at XYZ Chicago. Public safety remains a top priority for the Lollapalooza event, and the city has worked closely with the organizers to plan and prepare for the safety and security of festival attendees, performers, and staff. The city has implemented safety and security measures appropriate for an active shooter. As our hotel is positioned across the street from the Lollapalooza event, the Chicago Police Department is asking that you do not open and or stand in the guest windows as it will send an alert of a potential active shooter. 
Thank you for your cooperation and understanding during this Lollapalooza event weekend, signed the hotel management. So as soon as I received it, I immediately snapped a photo of it, sent it to my colleagues and said, we're going to talk about this. Was that before or after you opened your blinds in your window and stood there and had a big old target on your head? (laughs) Well, I will say that after I said, probably like, are you effing kidding me? I did walk to my window and throw open the curtains and said, what what is going on here? Yes. Did you you do what I would have done, which is gone full pressed ham on the window? Did not do that. Did not need to do that. Oh, we went there, didn't we? I did Mm. say. (laughs) So anyway, what do we think, guys? What do you guys think, Mike, hearing that? You know, the first thing to me is, is I kind of would have thought the same thing is, you know, this is my window and I'll stand in front of it. But then that was my knee jerk reaction to it is, is this is a, this is not a good way to guarantee your safety of an active shooter. But then you think about the wording that's in that a little bit. I thought a little bit more about it. And you know, it says there's a piece in there that says this will, I think, will draw attention or or something to you. And my right. guess is what comes with this is that, you know, Chicago police probably, I don't know this, this is be just my professional opinion, would be probably had teams outside watching windows like this, watching the hotels, office buildings, whatever it was that that overlooked the venue for this. And what that did was that was that was kind of a force multiplier for them. If they could get the honest people to maybe you know keep their windows drawn, not stand in the windows. That limits the the amount of windows they have to watch. Uh, increases their ability to watch windows that people either might be in, or right. um, increases the opportunity. You know, windows that they can't see very well, that type of thing. So my initial reaction was I'd open my window and stand in it, but then I thought it through a little bit more and and kind of changed <laughs> my tune and softened a little bit and realized for that, that little red dot on your chest. That'd yeah, be yeah. <laughs> There's probably a method to their madness. And it's, and it's probably makes a lot of sense, you know, is to instead of watching 150 windows that if you had 100 people keep their blinds shut, then you're only watching 50 windows. It just gives you more opportunity to, to keep an eye on a potential threat. Fair point. Fair point. I really like it. And I will say this. Look, I mean, having been involved with this event, we, we do work with the security that is hired for this event. And this particular event or this particular year. There were many layers. They definitely, they had security that was overnight. They had security at the, you know, at the entrances. They had security along the street. We had a police presence in our hotel. There was one there in the lobby. And if they weren't sitting directly inside the lobby, they were sitting outside the lobby. And I will say along Michigan Avenue, within probably the length of Grant Park, those hotels pretty much had the same also. So Chicago did make an effort to make sure that there was a presence there. And I, you know, I was definitely very aware of that. And it heightened, of course, you know, during the peak hours of the event and everything, but they were definitely, it was, it was there, but I just, you know, I think for me, literally the use of the word active shooter, you know, to layman, I guess, in in other words, in, in without, you know, um, because we work with this all the time that we're, we've desensitized ourselves to that, you know, those two words, but you know, to the average concert goer, like that was, it was a little much. I thought I was, it was a little much. And that was, I was going to ask you about that too, because I mean, you got to think about what that does to the anxiety level of someone that's not as used to it from a security standpoint as we collectively are, Mm -hmm. because we would read that and go, 
okay, I get that. There's probably something else floating around out there that, you know, that makes them want to do this. But if I were, you know, Joe Schmo from, you know, Lake Forest, Illinois, sorry, PJ, you know, I kind of go, well, Joe bag of donuts here. Yeah. What do I need to be afraid of? But again, maybe increased anxiety, it also heightens awareness. So it's a trade-off, man. I don't know. You know what? I'm a little bit contrarian in this, Mike, and I know you and I have talked about this previously, and my knee-jerk was, this is entirely unenforceable, and and I'm not going to go political, but it really just kind of, at least initially, screamed to me, and pun intended, just window dressing. Because you're, you're I mean, we, we know the area we're talking about, it's all windows that face yeah. and thousands of hotel rooms. And I understand the force multiplier aspect of it. I really do. But people pay extra money to have that view. And they're they're probably and I'm sure the hotel didn't give them a discount because of a letter. My yeah. question with it is, is, number one is what if you did stand in your window? What was going to happen? Yeah, or great point. Hotel management going to come up and ask you to please not stand in front of your window or the police going to do it. And quite frankly, if it's the police, I question the constitutionality of coming up and, and yeah. doing that to your room. I mean, yeah. is there, am I breaking the law? Um, is there something I need to know? And, you know, there really aren't. So, you know, it's really more of a do this courtesy thing to us. I also think that the term active shooter, they could have used something else for security concerns. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Bring that yeah. anxiety level down, but still send your message. Understood. Uh, I, yep. I think it was a little harsh, but and well I, intended, but a little harsh. I think that that's what I was going with when I really got, when I first got it, I looked at it, immediately snapped a photo of it, sent it on to you guys and just said, this is worthy of a conversation only because of, you know, again, using the words active shooter, we are desensitized to it. Most people are not, you know, that would literally, if, you know, if I was a mom and my kids were going to this and I happened to be at the hotel at the same time and saw that I would be like, what does the city know or people know or the hotel know that I don't know? And should I know? And, you know, what am I, who, who can I ask questions to? Like, no, where, no, my kids, and I, 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 on, I'll bet you're the same way. My kids wouldn't be going if I saw something like that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I would be second guessing it a hundred percent. And they've been, I mean, my kids have been there and I know yours have too. And, yeah, I did. Uh, I will tell you that I did send a text message to mine that was on site. And I just said, be aware and no, <laughs> know how to get out just uh you sh- you need to be aware of how your e- what your egress is and your exits are and then and- he looked up at the window and saw you standing <laughs> in yours right, <laughs> right. <laughs> with a big sign that said please be safe tell you alluding to that the, to the kind of anxiety level you know we had that that shooting in highland park fourth of july parade yeah and there are we have another event coming up this weekend in lake forest our music festival tequila and tacos for anyone listening and there are staff who usually work this event who are still afraid to work public events since yeah. then. And so this this does nothing to, and that wasn't even a month after. Long yeah. wasn't even a month after that. Yeah, yeah. That actually, I think it actually makes a little bit more sense to me now because I had actually completely forgot about the park shooting. I, yeah. I didn't even register in my head at all. So, yeah. yeah. I can see where all of that goes. I mean, again, like I said, this was just a conversation that I knew that we could have about this because this is some, well, I mean, you know, this, this is what we do, right? I mean, this is, we're building perimeters, not because we can build perimeters large enough to like block ho- hotel windows. I mean, that's just, you know, there's, that's a whole other series of episodes that we will be able to get into. 
And I mean, at this point, I think for this particular instance, I just wanted to, you know, quickly jump on the jump on a call with you guys and get an episode together and and just ask you, you know, what, what do you guys think? I mean, this is this is what's out there. This is what we're dealing with now. This is definitely what happened very recently, less than a month ago in Chicago. And, you know, I was there and, and I got the memo. So, you know, it's real. People are paying attention to these things now. And, and, and on the good note, I guess that's great, right? I mean, it's great that this is a dialogue we're having. No one really had these dialogues before. To that point, and I don't mean send this down a different rabbit hole, but in the last 90 days, there have been three or four, and, and we won't go into each one of them individually, but there have been three or four significant events that I think caused pause for every person as to what is really happening out there. What What is happening to our society? Yeah. So, And again, that's way, way, way up in the stratosphere. But I, I think this is one of those consequences, if I can call it that of that. And, and that's, we're in uncharted territory. Yeah. I mean, and from the things that we do, I mean, we have, we have very specific and extensive knowledge uh, on perimeter security. Mm -hmm. Now you start getting up into speaking of 30,000 feet. Now you put it up 500, 600, a thousand feet in the air. Now, what do you do? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, then you're just building a big fortress behind things. And, you know, I don't know. It's a brand new market for the tenting industry. When when Route 91 happened, you know, people asked me, well, how would you mitigate that? And what would you do with with that? And it's, you know, except for it really at a presidential level, that was not the kind of security you ever really considered was that of a lone gunman from a high ground. It's not that you didn't think it could happen, but it had not really Mm-hmm. And so didn't, you felt fairly secure, especially Route 91, where none of those windows open, you know, they're all closed windows, that type of thing. And so, you know, people asked me after that, because I was in the private sector, special event business, how would you mitigate that? And it's like, you really, you really almost can't mitigate it. Yeah. You know, when you're dealing with a single person on a stage, you put up banners or you have flags or line of sight type of things that you block. But, you know, even tenting Route 91, your suspect didn't care who he hit. Yeah. The suspect just cared that he was shooting at people. And yeah. so you just blindly shoot through the tent because he's probably just blindly shooting anyway. You know, people got hit in that instance because I think in all intents and purposes, the hand of God reached out on him and said, it's your turn. I really do. Because yeah. this guy was just blatant, just blindly shooting. And, yeah. and that's what you would have had at, at this incident as well. You know, so to put up a tent, a tent's great to cover things up, but when the person doesn't care what's on the other side of the tent he hits, he's just going to start shooting. Well, um, to to your point, Mike, how many times have have we all put up tractor trailer trailers for line of sight to block line of sight? Empty buses, trailers that high. Yeah, yeah, buses, containers. Yeah, you know, banners, There's flags, anything. And yeah. but again, you're dealing with one person, keeping that person safe, and you know, and going from there. It's pretty difficult when you're dealing with a crowd of people at a, at a festival. Yeah, sure, sure. And you're talking about 100,000 people that go in there. So the the acreage that 100,000 people cover anyway, you know, you there's there's no way that you would be able to create sight lines that would even remotely distract that at all. I mean, there are a lot of trees along Michigan Avenue and along, you know, Grant, Grant Park. I mean, there's, there's a lot of that. And it's obviously 
it goes Michigan Avenue and then it's on Columbus. So there's a big leap before you get into that, but it doesn't matter, right? I mean, the crowds are going in, the entrances are right there, right off of Michigan Avenue. That's where everybody is, where everybody funnels. And at the end of the night, Michigan Avenue gets closed down and they all come funneling down onto the streets. And so it is a lot of people in a big C, you know, on Michigan Avenue. And I mean, it's the only way they can get everybody out, you know, safely and quickly so that they can get to public transportation and hotels and things like that. So, but yeah, anyway, I just wanted to pick your brains, have a conversation about this. I think this is definitely in our wheelhouse to be able to talk about you guys, you know, worked on events with um, Chicago before, Mike. I mean, you were there. I mean, that's pretty much where I met you, right? NATO and- Yeah, it was NATO 2012. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm there now quite a bit, you know, for other things. And it's, it's a great city. And, you know, the question came up, well, why why would you just kind of put some kind of roof over the top? Well, because then you don't have an outdoor venue. You yeah. know, it's, you want that outdoor venue, you want that outdoor experience. You know, yeah. that's what brings a Hollywood Bowl or a Red Rocks or, you know, a Grand Park into a, into a into play on that is being out in the elements like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and those and are, those are all epic concert venues, even though Grant Park's not always a concert venue. And that's part to your point, Mike, that's part of the experience. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's what people pay to come see. And everybody just tries to make it as safe as possible. I mean, like I mentioned, there were many layers of security this year. I was very happy to see that very happy to hear about it. Happy to be privy to know that. And, you know, it's nice to, it's nice to, Nice to be part of that and and to understand it and just to make sure that we keep it going. So anyway, at this point, I think, yeah, I, I want to thank you very much, Mike, for coming on again, chatting about this. PJ and Mel, always great to have you guys back. We are back in the running of this. And here's what's up next for us, you guys. We're going to go in to talk about the festivals now and, and what they're like. And a lot of that is stemming from, there's a Netflix series out right now called Trainwreck. It talks about the 1999... Woodstock. Uh, Woodstock. Woodstock. Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. Watched yes. all four episodes this weekend. Yes. And it's interesting that that is you know, that that's one of those things where that is so in our wheelhouse. Oh my, it's crazy. It's, oh, it really is. I had, I had to pause for a minute after watching all the naked people. Well, yeah. well it's definitely, I mean, well, it's well, good. You can admit that Mel, that's the first step to getting high. I know. Yes. yes. It was, it was a, uh, it was a very, it's very interesting, but so we're going to, we're going to talk about that. Mike, we probably are going to get into a little bit more about Route 91 also, because, you know, we kind of want to look at, you know, where are festivals now? I mean, what is the difference that we've done? A, based on the Woodstock one, B, Route 91. I'm like, where have we grown? What have we done? What, you know, where are things now? We're going to bring on some pretty good festival directors to help us have that conversation. These guys have worked on big things in Los Angeles and actually all over the world as well. So they're very aware of what, you know, what it's like to be built. And then the other conversations we're going to have, you guys, is we're going to go back and talk about that whole Travis Scott thing. The only reason we're going to do that is because there are more artists now stopping their shows and pointing out things that are going on in the audience. And I couldn't be happier. You know, it's 100%. something that I love to hear about. And I, I love it that production is stopping things. I love it that an artist is stopping things. But anyway, again, all for another subject and another episode. So on that, I thank you guys very much for your time again, Eric. We will talk to you soon again. And then for that matter, Mike, take care of yourself. 
stay safe out there. Um, and uh, yeah, if you guys think of anything else, buzz us. For those that are listening to us, Arcus Group, you can catch our podcast on any of your favorite stations, I guess they're called. And it's Managing Your Perimeter. Arcus Group on all of the social media, Instagram, Facebook, you name it, we've got it. And then um, if you have any questions, have any suggestions, let us know. Thank you guys very much. See you again soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye, Mons. Oh, sorry.